HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the International Culinary Center, offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management, from culinary technology to food writing, from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit culinarycenter.com. This is Chef Emily Peterson, host of Sharp and Hot. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food on Heritage Radio Network with me, your host, Erica Wides. Now, before I get to the topic of this week's show, um, I kind of want to, well, I want to explain what it's about before I get to it, okay? Because I know I usually do like a long, sometimes somewhat nonlinear intro to the show, taking my good sweet time to get to the point and this week is no different. You know, I have to kind of build up to it. Yeah, takes a while. Now, doing this show, this is where I'm going with all this, okay? Doing this show, let's get real, and Why We Cook, which I did for 100 or so episodes before this, for all these low, these past six or something years, has been an excellent teaching experience for me. Oh, well, more like a learning experience for me, because I, what I learned was how to write, Okay, I, w- I never knew I could write. I never considered myself a writer before. I never thought that I could or would write stuff that people would want to read or more appropriately listen to, actually. I mean, I just never thought of myself as a writer. It just wasn't what I was, you know? Um, and, I mean, I, like in college, I only did like the minimal amount of required writing, except I took one writing class. But that was more about how to learn how to use a Mac than writing was that long ago um but having to sit down and script out this show every week a 30 minute episode nearly every week for the last six or so years 
it actually teaches you quite a few things about the literary narrative and how to put all that together. And, you know, I don't just sit here and, like, kind of talk. It's all scripted. I hope that's not a big disappointment to people, that I'm not just making it up as I go, but it's all scripted by me. And so it turns out that I like to write. Who knew? And I'm, you know, sort of good at it, I guess. And I also really like to talk into a microphone. And, um... I guess I'm kind of good at that. And I also like to talk in front of a live audience, which I've discovered. Now, you know, I, I taught. I still teach, and I taught for a very long time um, at a culinary school. I still teach it. Well, I teach at a tiny culinary school now. But for teaching all those years gave me the confidence to stand up in front of a group and tell a story, even if that story was about kitchen sanitation or pork butchering or something or math. But... Because of that experience, I have a lot of stories after being in this crazy town industry for like almost 25 years. You build up a lot of stories. And I wanted to take all of those stories that I accumulated over all these years and turn them into something entertaining and live, much like this very show, but just in front of a live audience, right? Like, let's get real live, you know, something like that. So eight weeks ago, I signed up for a class at the Pitt, People's Improv Theater, the Pitt. Um, called Flying Solo, and it was a class designed to help people develop their solo comedic storytelling show, okay? It was supposed to be a six-minute piece, but we all wound up doing ten minutes um, for reasons I'll get to in a minute. And then the idea is you would take that piece and you would perform it in the class show, and then if you wanted to, you can ultimately like sort of develop it into a much longer show. Like I could take that and now really develop it into a like a one hour solo show and then try to get it into, you know, like SoloCom or these other festivals, you know, or maybe Broadway, just, you know, not to aim so high, but who knows? So um, that's the plan anyway, to take this piece and develop it into a longer thing. And who knows, you know, it could lead to some other very fun and interesting things. So anyway, I, the class finished and we performed our class show on this past Saturday night and it went really, really well. Like it went better than I ever expected or anticipated it would go. Like it was kind of amazing how well it went. Now we started out as a class of nine people, but five people either dropped out or were absent too many times to, you know, to finish their pieces. So we dropped down to four people. We were a very tight group before, and I I loved all of their shows, too. Their pieces were amazing, too. And I have video of all four of the shows, which I'm going to post on the Let's Get Real Facebook page. I want to get permission from the other three people first, but I'll put mine up there so you can watch mine because, you know, it's good. And mine's the only one about food, okay? The other ones are not about food, about other things like abusive childhoods, but in a very kind of funny touching, sad, and beautiful way. All the other three shows are amazing, too. Now, the only tragedy about this whole experience in this class, not really a tragedy, from a purely selfish point of view, it was a tragedy, was that there was this woman in the class who was a celebrity addict. She was addicted to a specific celebrity. Like, she was an obsessive stalker of this person. And the celebrity was Josh Groban, who... um I don't really, like, I kind of knew who he was, but I didn't really know who he was, so I had to look him up. But so she was completely obsessed and fixated um, 
with Josh Groban, and she dropped out of the class. Now, she's obsessed with him to such a degree that she follows him all over the country, and she truly believes that if he could just meet her, like if they could finally just meet in person, he would instantly know that they were meant for each other and would want to marry her on the spot. This is what she believes, okay? She even missed the second week of class because she flew to L.A., for the weekend just to take a piano lesson with his piano teacher. She's that obsessed. Yeah. Not even him, his piano teacher. Okay. And she's also, oh, did I mention she's been hospitalized twice for her obsession? Okay. In the psych ward, not for like having a sore throat from screaming his name too loud or anything like that, you know, like locked up twice. Yeah. Now, the weird thing is she's oddly lucent and aware of her addiction. She's, like, very self-aware about it. She goes to a recovery group for celebrity addictions. I didn't know that was a real thing, but apparently there is a whole recovery segment for people addicted to celebrities, okay? And even though she can't get over him, she thought that maybe writing and performing a piece about her obsession might help. Or it might just get his attention. Who knows? But anyway, she disappeared after two classes. And we were all really sad and disappointed because we all really wanted to know how it turned out. Because um, wouldn't you want to know how something crazy like that turns out? I certainly would. Okay, so anyway, what the whole thing this week, the, the show this week, what it's going to be is um, I'm going to take a little break. And then when I come back... I'm just going to read through my whole piece from Saturday, okay? Like, the whole thing. I'm going to perform it here on the radio, just like I did it on stage the other night. I'm not going to take any other breaks, okay? And we'll just say goodbye at the end. And um, I, I hope you like it. I thought it was pretty good. So just try to imagine the facial expressions and the body language as I go along. You know what I look like. And because there were no props or visuals or anything, so it's not a big stretch to do it on the radio, Okay, so thanks for indulging me on this. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, I'll do my show. Okay, bye. National Culinary Center is a proud sponsor of the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. The ICC, with locations in New York and California, provide cutting-edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at InternationalCulinaryCenter.com. Welcome back to Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, eating food. And now, for your listening pleasure, I present to you my solo piece from the People's Improv Theater, Codworms. Cod. They're bottom feeders. Yeah, cod, fish, the state symbol of Massachusetts. They're bottom feeders. They vacuum up the crap on the ocean floor while they're feeding and... They pick up these worms. They ingest them, these tiny, thin, bright red worms. And the worms then burrow into the cod's flesh and just live there, living off the cod. Now, the worms are 
relatively harmless to the cod. And they're harmless but gross to the people who eat the cod. But when you serve the cod, you have to pluck out all the worms with fish tweezers before you cook it. I'll tell you a little secret, though. If you miss a worm and then you cook the fish, the heat will make the worms wriggle to the surface so you can grab them before the fish hits the table, a perfect slab of snowy white flesh. Life actually does give you second chances. Now, for the past 23 23 years, I've plucked codworms. I pluck codworms because I'm a chef. I'm a chef because I went to art school. And going to art school qualifies you to do exactly nothing. So you wind up waiting tables. But I liked food, and I liked what was happening in the kitchen much more than out on the floor. So 23 years ago, I dove headfirst into that deep pool of crazy. Now, I was a lonely, food-obsessed fat kid. I took solace and comfort in food. I soothed myself with food. I loved it. But in the 1970s, nobody became a chef. It just didn't happen. That's what, like, old French guys on TV did. Nobody ever said to me, like, hey, fat kid, you love food. You're creative. You should be a chef. I mean, you already read cookbooks for fun, and that weird-ass dollhouse of yours has no people in it, but all that tiny food that you carved out of old crayons, you freak. And later, at college, my artwork was filled with food imagery, so didn't it make sense? Yeah, actually, it did, so... I did. And by the 90s, when I did it, it was a totally acceptable, if quite misguided, career choice. Now, most Jewish kids from the better suburbs tend to do pretty well for themselves, often much better than their parents. Their parents are invested in that process. It's part of our religion. Be a doctor, be a lawyer, whatever. Just be something really good that we can brag about to our friends. Well, not my parents, not Bernie and Rita Wides. Yeah, Wides, W-I-D-E-S, Wides. A fat kid named Wides. Thank you, gods of irony, for planting that juicy codworm in my flesh. I had atypical Jewish parents. They married each other because they were both short. Really, like that's basically why. And then they realized pretty quickly that that was a big mistake. My father was a narcissistic, thwarted bohemian, and he lost his mind in the suburbs and took out his resentment on his family, and my mother was a post-traumatic Holocaust refugee. Good pairing. They never got the memo about being typical Jewish parents. They just couldn't do it right like the other families around us. Oh, you know, of course, we'd start taking ballet or music or tennis. But as soon as we got good at it or we needed better gear or it started to cost them real money or take up their time, then it was yanked out from under us. Psych! It happened over and over again. Hence, I went to art school because despite the yanking, I was good at it. I got in without trying at all. And I didn't think I really deserved more than that. Because that was the big theme in our house, not deserving, no desiring, no wants. Don't ask for anything. As far as my mother was concerned, just being alive was enough. Don't tempt it. Don't ask for anything else because you never know when the Nazis are going to kick down the door. That'll put a few more worms into your flesh, huh? Like I said, I've been picking them out for a long time. 
Now, when you're a chef, crazy shit happens to you. Shit you put up with because it's part of the game. Don't question it. Don't ask for better. Don't call in sick and don't cry. At least not where anyone can see you. It's actually like I went to work for my parents. 1992. I'm working the pizza oven station in a restaurant. And the oven is mounted high up above my head. So every time I reach up for it, my forearms sear like raw hamburger on the 900 degree metal. And I have oozing angry burns up and down my arms. I show the burns to the chef and he just laughs and says to me, (laughs) that's the pizza oven. And I can feel my mascara sizzle every time I open the oven door. So I stop wearing it because who cares what you look like in a kitchen? 1994. My fingertip is nearly severed. I faint and I wake up in the ER at midnight where I wait five hours for an x-ray. While the hand surgeon is sewing my fingertip back on, he says to me, you know, this would have been a lot easier if they'd called me five hours ago. And I go back to work the next day, my hand a bundled paw of gauze and gore. I can barely hold my worm tweezers, but I manage. 1996. I'm promoted to sous chef. And on my first day, I'm nervous and I'm rushing. And as I carry a hot pot of thick, sweet sauce down the steep steps to the basement, it slips from my hands. But it lands, still upright. But the sauce shoots straight up out of the pot like a geyser, and it coats not just my face and my eyes, burning them cloudy, but the walls, the ceiling, and all the basement Mexicans. And they, of course, have to clean it up. And my face is burning, but I'm so sorry, amigos. I'm so sorry, Jose, and I'm so sorry, Junior. Junior will die five years later at Windows on the World, 107 stories up from the basement. And I have to start lunch service, but I go into the walk-in where the chilly air cools my burnt face, and I cry, and I cry, and I wish I loved myself more. The codworms are wriggling up and down my back, looking for a way out. 1997. I'm underpaid, so on my days off, I work coat check for extra cash, schlepping furs up and down the stairs for Eurotrash tourists who pretend they don't understand tipping. Hey, Fritz, don't play dumb with me. Ich spreche Deutsch, so pay up. Arbeit macht frei, my Jewish ass. 1998. One sleepless night, just for fun, I try to count all the lobsters I've ever boiled alive in case their souls come back to haunt me in hell. Luckily, I'm Jewish. We don't do hell. We've already been through it. Am I right? I'm looking at you, Fritz. I cook through a broken toe, a UTI, an unwanted pregnancy, the flu, with searing pain in both feet, a frozen shoulder, tendinitis, and I lie, chefs lie, about veal that's really pork, about wormy cod being black sable, about chickens roaming free, about life, where I'm going, what I'm doing here, what I really want, what do I deserve? You lie to yourself and to your guests. You're going to lobster hell anyway. You get involved with all the wrong guys when you work in kitchens because you don't meet the right ones. Because your hours don't match up with normal people hours. And just because you work saute and he works the grill does not make for a healthy relationship. Something's wrong here. What have I done? This isn't what I thought my life would be. And I cry again in the walk-in, squatting behind a smiling dead pig in a cardboard box. Two other fingertips are sewn back on. 
One, cracking a coconut the wrong way. And the other, at a, a freak accident years later, at a viewing party for my episode of Chopped, the Food Network competition show, on which I only come in second. Insult, meat, injury. But once again, the stitches come out, and I'm still plucking those worms. One thing, though, about being surrounded by food is that you stop being obsessed with it. It's just food. I'm still named Wides, but I'm not the fat kid anymore. I'm tired, so I leave to teach, where I make shit up because I don't know half the stuff I'm teaching. Old school French stuff. Rue, Rui, Roulade, Fagot. Fagot? What is that? I first teach at a school for ex-criminals and drug addicts, where we learn how to use a knife appropriately. I move on to a fancy white kids culinary school where all you need to succeed is $40,000 and a delusional dream. And what do I learn? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't teach him how to boil it. I teach for 15 years. I'm served fish with the scales still on it. I'm served an iceberg lettuce omelet. I taste and grade 16 bowls of mayonnaise every month for 15 years. It's like your period, but with condiments. When does menopause start? I'm done. Check, please. Want to worm your way out of a job fast? Here's a tip. Tell a veteran that he's wasting your tax dollars by being in school. It'll guarantee a call from HR. Hi, unemployment checks. And I actually love teaching, but all my worms are gone. I'm plucked and I'm clean and I've had enough. 15 years of enough. I'm a top feeder now. Happy like a dolphin. Fuck you, Cod. Go eat bottom shit. That is my piece. I'm done. That is called Cod Worms, and that is what I performed this weekend in my improv class. And Dave the Engineer is clapping, so thanks, Dave. I saw you laughing. That's the whole show this week, because really that's what I wanted to do. But I would love to hear some feedback if anybody, you know, if you liked it, you didn't like it, anything. Let, just let me know. You can write it on the uh, Let's Get Real Facebook page. You can also tweet me at Let's Get Real Show. Um, and I'm going to put the video up, too, so you can watch it. And, uh, you know, I would love to hear from people about that. I'm hoping to develop it into a longer piece, like I said, and I'll keep you all posted about that. Um, but we can just, like, run a bunch of ads and promos now, I guess, because we have a bunch of time left. So that's it for Let's Get Real for this week. Thanks so much for listening, tuning in, to the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food occasionally. It's about that more lately. Um, we'll be back next week. For listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.